He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams with you on a Monday. It's an Oklahoma Monday, Taylor, because we had an Oklahoma boy win on the PGA Tour. Originally from Chickasha, and then, uh, of course, moved to Edmond. That's where he grew up. That's where he played his golf as a junior. And he gets his first win on the PGA Tour since he won the same event back in 2014. First two-time winner of the RSM Classic, and he did it in dramatic fashion over Kevin Kisner in a playoff. Really phenomenal stuff from Robert Streb, and always happy to see a local guy get a win. Yeah, we, I was actually reading around before we came on the show, Colby. Golf Digest wrote a thing, said that Streb was the 198th player in PGA Tour history to surpass $10 million in career earnings. Wow. So that, that's eight figures. I mean, that, that that's saying something. And You've done well. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned a few things there. One is that we know a little, little bit about Chickasha. We only spent 18 plus years of our life there. And, yeah, uh, 18 and, plus. And um, I was I, just there this weekend. Yes, exactly. So we, we, we know what it's like. And and I played with Streb before. And if I remember correctly, he said he moved out of there when he was very young, three or four. So it's not like he was played golf in Chickasha, moved up to Edmond, played his collegiate golf at Kansas State. But really a tremendous guy. And it's really great to see someone, you know, who's put in the work and has been battling through it. Because, I mean, you caddied for me, Colby. He finished top ninth or 10th or something at the Oklahoma Open, a, a state open that I played in right. and, and back in August. And now it's November. He just cast a, a hundred plus million dollar check by winning Not a PGA Tour. 1.2 million. Uh, yes, yes. under one point two. Yes, million. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One million plus. Yeah, 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 yeah not a hundred million. Yeah, but, uh, let's uh, see. One point one eight eight million for for Kevin uh, for Robert Stratt. Pardon me. Kevin Kesner was about seven hundred twenty thousand. So about five hundred k difference between first and second. That's not bad. Not bad. You know, it's, and and that's just what I'm I'm going into there. You know, you're working so hard. You're playing what you can to get in. You're just getting the experience, getting the reps. And then for someone as talented as Streb, all you gotta do is have it click for one week. Now all of a sudden he's got what with COVID and everything. Colby is, is he gonna have three years of exempt status? So now? I was looking at it yesterday. He's exempt through the 2022-2023 seasons. Uh, obviously, he gets the Masters appearance this upcoming year. He gets to play in the Players. He gets to play in the PGA Championship. Uh, the Century Tournament of champions because of COVID now these fall events we had three months canceled they need more players in in Hawaii at Kapalua so they're allowing the fall events to play in the Century Tournament of Champions this year so he'll get to play in the Century Tournament of Champions so I mean that's four big events right there and particularly the Century Tournament of Champions which does not have a cut you know you're guaranteed to go down get four rounds get a check and you go to Hawaii for, for however long. You take right. the family out there. Yeah, you go know, there have for a good two time. weeks. Shoot. Yeah, I mean, you can, um, whatever you uh, make by finishing DFL will pay will pay for and some, whatever the trip costs. So, I mean, I mean, sounds like a great time to me. And like I said, j- just for someone, you, you do, you do, you, just a comparison there, Colby. Look at in the playoffs, Trev versus Kisner. And you're like, who needs this more for their career? And I mean, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure where Kisner's at in his career. I don't think, I mean, last his win was the WGC match play. I know WGC wins get you more exemption status. Than a regular PGA Tour win, and I'm pretty sure kids are still up and really good in the world rankings. My point being is that someone like Streb needed to win that tournament a lot more than someone like Kisner did when it comes to their status and their future on the PGA Tour. So for anyone who didn't, and, and I'm a big Kisner fan particularly, I, I think he's a really great guy, great charisma about him. Kisner currently 24th in the world after his runner-up finish this week at the RSM. So I'm, I'm, essentially, and we talk about it all the time, 
if you're top 50 in the world, you get into anything you want essentially. And so for, so for someone who just moved up to 24th, he probably would have moved maybe top 20 if he would end up winning, maybe not um, tw- somewhere around there, but nevertheless, Streb definitely needed it. Can you, you got in front of you there, Colby? What does Streb move up to? Yeah, I do. So Robert Streb coming into the week at the RSM was the 380th ranked player in the world. Obviously, you know, teetering on on being able to get into some tour events. Uh, he's now ranked 116th well, in the world. Well, it's it's wow. re- really good for him, too, for world ranking because, like we had mentioned before, Kobe, we didn't think a lot of great players would play this tournament the week after the match. Right, yeah. So if you would have told me three weeks ago that Streb would, was going to win the RSM, I would have said I still would have been a little surprised with how he'd been playing, but I still would have thought a lot more likely than a strength of field that ended up being 348 or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, it was 348, yeah. and he moved up 264 spots in the world rankings with a win this week. I mean, we listed off all the great players that were playing. We had um, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton. Um, who was the most expensive in DraftKings? Web, Web, Web was, was, in was on their yeah, top Web five player well in the world. Kisner, obviously, you know, Absol- top thirty player in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're just, I mean, we're, I'm forgetting all kinds of players. Um, and, and Sung Jay played. Um, and, I mean, it was a lot of uh, Harris English was in this field who's been playing really good golf lately. Uh, Jason Day was in this field, but here's some of the the names near the top: Streb wins, Kisner runner up, Cameron Tringali. Got the solo third. Cameron Trangali's played some good golf in the fall. He has been playing really well. Under, yeah. He's been a, under the radar guy this year. Yeah, and then we got a, a lefty and a Euro. Andrew Landry and Bern Wiesberger tied for fourth. And then we've got four guys who tied for six. Harris English, guy that you like pretty much every week. Had a horrible Saturday round. I think two, I think two over on Saturday, which Big really yikes. shot him out of the tournament. Yeah. But, but shot, but ended up shooting, I think, eight under yesterday to backdoor that top. Yeah, that it top, it top, works out. Whatever. He, he got a $215,000 check alongside Zach Johnson, Kyle Stanley, and Camilo Vajegas, who with 6,000 last week on DraftKings, as cheap as you can be, comes out, shoots a great first round, and you think, okay, this cool story, cool Thursday story with Camillo. He's going to fade. He doesn't fade. He finishes T6, cashes himself a $215,000 check, and I thought that was really cool to see because Camillo's a guy, obviously, with everything he's been through in in the golf game, but then especially last year losing his two-year-old daughter, um, it's just – unfathomable what he's been through and I think it makes him a really easy guy to root for oh absolutely I mean anytime you have a tragedy like that you you just shake your head and you say you know what why does this have to happen to someone it's absolutely horrible and you know to Camilo's credit whenever you know we talk about now the fitness and all these players working out Back in the day, you know, we talked about Tiger and VJ being kind of the leaders of it. No one looked like Camilo Vajegas did when he was on the tour. I mean, this guy was stout, rock hard. This guy was was a hard working golfer. I mean, there there's no doubt about it. And so, not only of the tragedy, obviously, gives you something to um, motivate, and obviously, it's just so sad what happened. But at the same time, this this guy works hard off the course, as, as we've seen, and that's it's really good to show that payoff. And for someone who's six thousand on DraftKings, I know he's been playing in, in some corn ferry events. So I don't know what his status has been like either. So I know that a top six and moving, getting that much in those FedEx points has to be something that's really, really beneficial to Camilo. Yeah, I mean, I think people forget Camilo was a top 10 player in the world at one point in his career. You look back in 2009, after the 2009 Buick, he was ranked ninth in the world. After the 2008 Tour Championship, he was ranked seventh in the world. He, he got to number seven again in the world uh, after the WGC uh, California Championship back in 2009. He's got several tour wins to his classic. He won the Wyndham. He won the Honda. Uh, he's won the Tour Championship. He's won the BMW Championship. And he was ranked nearly 2,100 in the world uh, earlier this year after the Great Exuma Classic. 2,100. 2,100 in the world after the RSM Classic this week. He's now ranked 457th in the world. So That's it's, insane. I, I mean, it's, it's a, a long climb 
for Camillo to get back anywhere near what he was, and he'll never be a top 10 player in the world again. But he can get himself to, back to where he can he can make regular starts on the tour if he can continue to play some of the golf he's played over the last four to six months. Well, and you make a good point because a lot of people do forget how good he was because he was mostly known for his his infamous spider reading yes. stance, getting way down, which, which is really a really good way to read the greens. You just kind of look dumb when you do it, which shouldn't matter if you make the putt. And and so, yeah, yeah, I mean, to, just another one of those examples of a fall from grace that you don't really talk about. I mean, we're talking about Spieth all the time. We talk about Duvall because they were number one in the world and not just number one, but number one for a decent long time. But this is a guy who was a top 10 player in the world 10 years ago, then all of a sudden he was 20, what do you say, 2100 in the world? Yeah, 2100 in the world. I mean, that is, I mean, that's, that's crazy. And, and we had obviously heard what had happened to his dog. I mean, just, just horrible. So another great, a great feel good story for Camila finishing sixth and for Streb winning local guy around here. Another great guy needs some status to win. So I think overall in all, Kobe, I think we had some, um, some good feel good stories this week at the RSM. A really good, nice way to kind of cure our master's hangover. Yeah, it was because I, I'll be honest, Thursday, Friday, I was having a little trouble getting up for the golf, but then Robert Streb's playing well. He's a local guy. He takes three shot lead into the final round of the RSM and, and it can be tough to sleep on that lead whenever you're a guy who hasn't done it in a long time and a guy who has struggled a little bit with his game. You go out and sleep on a three-shot lead, and then Kisner comes from five back, shoots seven under on Sunday to Streb's two under. Streb did make a big birdie putt on number 17 in regulation, about Huge a 15-footer. Um, I had about a 14-footer on 18, I believe, to win yep. outright and, yep. and end up not making it, but was able to get it done in the playoff. Yeah, and, and the playoff, if you didn't watch the playoff, go back and watch the highlights. Really phenomenal. Streb gets up and down from like 40 yards on the first playoff for par, which extends. He had to make about a 10-footer that probably had three, four inches of break. Makes that, extends the playoff to the second playoff hole. And then on number 18 from probably 150, 160 out, he lips out for uh, for an eagle. Just barely grazes the bottom of the hole, rolls out to maybe a foot, and Kisner ends up making a par. He makes birdie, and he wins the playoff over Kevin Kisner. So really phenomenal stuff from, uh, from Robert Streb. And Taylor, that kind of shuts us down, uh, at least for a week. And then week after next, we will be, after this week, I should say, this week's Thanksgiving. Next week, we will be in Mayakoba for what is the final official PGA Tour event of the season. You know, kind of been a weird year, but all in all, I think it's been a good year for golf. The only major we didn't get to play was the Open. I think golf, more so than any other sport, has been able to have a sense of normalcy because of the way it is played. It is an individual sport. You don't have to be close to each other. It's not like football where you're putting your face right in another guy's face. It's not like basketball where you're indoors and you got to be in a bubble and all this and this and that. And I, I think that golf has done a really good job handling the events of 2020, and I think we were fortunate to get such a great golf season uh, out of what could have been a complete dud of a calendar year. I, I think that was really the best way to put it. I mean, you look back on, on us, Kobe. We started the 73rd hole around the middle of March or so, and and so we're— I think late February was late, our first late, episode. Late February, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're right. And so, you know, we um, we were preparing for the Masters in this long extended run of golf players' championship. Olympics? Uh, uh, the Olympics, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, we were talking— I mean, we, you mentioned— the British Open was the only thing that didn't get canceled. We also missed the Olympics, like you said, and the Ryder Cup was also postponed as well. So we we have had to have yeah, some true. things move around, you know. <laughs> that, but but yet we had so much excitement in there that it kind of, you know, I mean, I've, we we talked about the U.S. Open and kind of how it felt out of place. Really, I think it's just because it was a ma- first time we really had a major with football going on. I think that was what made it so weird. Yeah, you know that that was. I mean, yeah, we, we we don't play majors with football, so yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's like what? what? But also, no. it was awesome. I mean, the fall golf season was unbelievable. It was fantastic, and it's like you said from from when we started. I think we covered we covered two shows 
and then the players, and then we had everything shut down. So, you know, we, whenever we had just first started our show, we were, I mean, we literally had no idea how many tournaments we were going to play this year, let alone, not even golf. We didn't even know what the world was going to look like. And so to be able to sit here on Thanksgiving week and know that we were able to get three major championships in, almost a full golf season, had to cancel a few events, but those are more of kind of the worldwide events, which is a little more understandable in a global pandemic, as opposed to being able to stay within your own borders. So that is something that really helped. And like you said, you know, we're not, it's not a super physical sport. It's a lot easier social distance than the other ones. And, and that really makes it beneficial and give credit to the PGA Tour also, Colby, how well they've done with testing and getting everyone up to date. I mean, we had people out of courtesy if they were like, um, I believe Kepka, you know, his caddy had it, but he didn't. Back to te- Wyndham, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so he withdraws just because, and then you had players withdrew who may have been in contact with someone who didn't play. So these guys are giving up. We talk about all the time, not just money, but points, ranking, all this, you know, just for the safety of really other people, not even themselves, which I think is is a testament to the tour, but also to just the gratitude and and really just shows where golf is. Golf is the number one etiquette game, Colby. And I think that that, you know, they talk about the golf gods. And I think that that's, I mean, you get Woody on or something like that. Talks about the golf gods all the time. I think the golf gods may have helped us get through a um, hard stretch like this. And you talk about how we got the century coming out in, in January. But we also have Phil Barkley coming up this weekend. And we have um, the Mayakoba. Um, um, and then after that, we'll have the father-son with Charlie and Tiger. So, I mean, whenever we get get through with all this it's going to be christmas time we'll have football going on and then we'll have golf back so i don't it's not going to really feel like we're gonna have much of an off season no it's not because the holiday season always goes by in the blink of an eye anyway you know we got thanksgiving this thursday and and everyone you know be safe in your travels and all that stuff um but we got thanksgiving this thursday and then you know from thanksgiving to christmas is always a blur and then christmas is gone new year's is here comes and goes and and it's like then we get back into a routine but this kind of little six-week period always flies by anyway and like you said we've got black friday with barkley and phil and steph curry peyton manning we've got that on friday we've got father son with tiger and charlie coming up you know jt and his dad are playing should be a lot of fun with all that and then then we'll be in hawaii and i also want to say just for this past pga tour season that we just experienced it's not only that we were able to get the golf in think about looking back the three storylines that we got in the three majors we got one of the elite young guns and colin morikawa come out in his first appearance at the PGA Championship, light the world on fire, hit probably the best golf shot we saw this of the of the calendar year, which was the tee shot at 16, won him a major championship. So that was an unbelievable storyline at the PGA. And then Bryson, who we've all been trying to figure out, is this going to work? Is it going to work? Goes out to Wingfoot, brings it to its knees, wins by six shots, is an overwhelming favorite going into Augusta, barely makes the cut, and Dustin Johnson who was on fire in the playoffs and had an unbelievable fall. He goes out, and he runs away with the Masters. So we've got Morikawa, DeChambeau, and DJ. Those three storylines in those three major championships, I mean, short of Tiger winning one, that's probably close to as good as it gets. Yeah, and, you know, we had talked about maybe we could have had some closer major championships. You know, we had, I mean, obviously the PGA Championship was really clutch with Morikawa, Bryson, and... and of any course to think that Bryson would not do his philosophy out. Wingfoot is the number one thing in that. And and so for him to go out and show that, I think that proved to everyone that it doesn't really matter where it's at. If he's clicking, this his philosophy can work. And I think that's something that really almost shocked the golf world in a sense. And then you have DJ who is, it's really weird because he's, 
not a first-time major champion, but for how good he is, it almost felt like that second one was like his first one. It, it felt like a validation to me for hey, DJ. DJ is one of those... You have your players like Sergio who needed a major to validate their career. DJ was up in the upper echelon where he needed a second major to elevate his career. And so I think that that... And that proved... And a couple other points going back to the season. One is that... We proved that as great as they are, the golf world, we truly do not need fans at golf tournaments. We proved that that is not a necessity. So, Well, Rory might. Right, very true. Very true. We, we've seen <laughs> some, Tiger might. We've seen some players do it. And, and, and Tiger, I don't blame them on the fans. I blame Tiger on just his lack right. of lack No, of I'm, just, I'm just joking with you. Obviously, we don't need fans at tour events. For, 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 a luxury for, for guys. Exactly. And, and also, too, we look back on it and we say – like you said, all the tournaments we're getting it in, I think, just for me, and I hope all golf fans are the same way, just grateful to be able to watch good golf. Because we went from March to, when was Colonial, the first event back in uh, June? I think it was June. Or yeah, maybe sometime in May. June, I think. Or, yeah, I think, I it, think got, it was June. It got pushed back to June. So we went three months without, without any golf. And so to be able to come back and even watch Tiger, who didn't play particularly well, but just be able to watch the greatest of all time play again was, is really a treat. And I think that, that like you mentioned earlier, Kobe, it's just something that we need to be grateful for that we were able to get in as much golf as we did, as opposed to not think about what we didn't as, for example, the Ryder Cup and the Olympics. And, you know, worst case scenario, they just pushed back another year. So we get them in 2021 anyway. So Yeah, exactly. And hopefully we'll be able to play those. And I think that we will be able to play those. I think we're, we're heading in a direction where that's going to happen. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, come back, on the other side uh, and we'll talk about kind of just some of the other big stories in golf right now obviously the, the match the third edition of the match that's taking place this friday no tiger woods obviously but very interesting yeah. format we'll, we'll definitely yes. dive into that uh yeah especially with charles barkley in the field it's a very interesting format so we'll talk about that we'll talk a little bit more about the father-son challenge that we've got coming up with tiger and charlie and kind of what that means for charlie to really be taking center stage for the first time uh as an 11 year old with his dad obviously he's uh you know the, the, the kids of Tiger Woods pretty much born celebrities. So uh, that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. We'll talk about DJ and his and what he almost did going in to the Masters, which could have totally changed the outcome. We'll talk about all that and much more as we keep it rolling along here, wrapping up uh, just about a great 2020 golf season. A little bit more to go, but we are getting close here on Thanksgiving week. Stay with us on 73rd Hole. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here, Colby Powell and Taylor Williams. After it, It's weird because the RSM feels like the last event 
but it's not the last event. We still have Mayakoba next week, which obviously uh, is a good, good fun tournament. A lot of guys go down there and play in that. We've also got the match coming up this Friday and then the PNC Father Son Challenge that we've talked about. And then next thing you know, we'll be in Hawaii. But let's talk a little bit more uh, about the match this coming Friday. So you had the format pulled up. It, the teams are Charles Barkley and Phil Mickelson taking on Stephen Curry and Peyton Manning. They're playing out in Arizona, so they might not be teeing this off until like mid-afternoon our time because uh, I think they're going to get done just before dark in Arizona. So Barkley and Phil versus Steph and Peyton. And you were, you were saying the format is... Modified alternate for, shot the whole way around. For 18, all 18 holes. All 18 holes. That's Ooh. what I saw. So so for anyone who isn't aware, modified alternate shot is every player will hit their tee ball and then you pick the best shot from there. Then, then you hit alternate shot. So for example, what you'll see most of the time is Phil hitting the tee shot and then Barkley having to come in with the second shot. What they're going to want to happen is, is Barkley to hit the first shot so Phil can hit the second shot. But I don't think Barkley is going to be hitting a lot of really good drives out there. So I think that's going to be what's going to be you, most. You don't think Barkley's going to be hitting bombs? I don't. If, if I had to bet, I, I would say no. It's just, it's just so interesting because. That's the reason I like this format. I think it's going to be entertaining to watch because you have Steph Curry, who who's played in, at the time, was a web.com event. And most of the time when athletes go out there and, and play, they'll, quote-unquote, embarrass themselves, like they say, because they're such great athletes and they'll finish near the bottom. But Steph, I believe, missed the cut by one when he played. And yes. I mean, almost, almost got to the weekend. He needed to hole out on number 18, which was a par four, to make the cut. And he basically lipped out from like 170 yards and to, we, to make the cut. And we just talked about Robert Streb, Camila Vajegas, two guys who have been playing on a level like that, and then all of a sudden come out and finish top six, P.J. Turvitt. So goes to show that I'm, Steph's no hack here. I mean, but I mean, basically what I hear you saying is Steph's 33, Clay tours Achilles, he's out for the season. Steph should give golf a try. Uh, oh, boy, if... Unless if Steph wasn't the type to just sit, who could stay till he's fifty and sit in the corner and shoot threes until maybe till he's sixty. In all honesty, but if he was someone like Westbrook who's relying on that athleticism, I would say definitely do that. How about this? If Steph and Curry could make twenty-five footers on the golf course with the same frequency he makes them on the basketball court, he would he would make Denny McCarthy look like John Daly that week on the Champions Tour where we had to putt with one hand. Yeah, it, it would make Prime Spieth look like that too, and yes. so and yes. and that's and that's saying so. And so go, going back to the format, and we saw Peyton, we saw him play with Tiger, and we were kind of joking off air. We said, "What? How is Peyton going to be able to hit a putt without Tiger telling him what percentage to hit it at?" And that was we, so weird. It really was. That was it, so if you weren't, if you don't remember the match with Peyton and Tiger and Phil and uh, Tom Brady. It's like every time Peyton stood over a putt, he needed Tiger to tell him what percentage to hit it in relation to 100. Like 100%, that's a flat putt, no no slope or anything like that, no wind to deal with. And the Tiger would tell him like 110%. That means hit it just a little bit harder than if it was flat. And he did that on every putt for 18 holes. And I'm like, what what does this guy do by when he's by himself? Does he three putt every green? Well, you know, it's it's... It's funny in two ways. One, that he has to have someone tell him that, or it felt like he did, but it's actually a really good philosophy because, I mean, I'm sure anytime you've dealt with someone who's a little inexperienced player, Kobe, I know I have where, like, they'll have an uphill putt and you say, okay, now you got to hit this one, you got this one harder because it's uphill, <laughs> and they hit it plumb off the green. Oh, just or, hammer the hell or, out of and it. Here's a funny story for our listeners. We were, It was our junior year at our uh, state championship, and we, me and Kobe had already finished. Oh, God. And this is so good. Our, um, our, it was our three man. We were all the three there as individuals, and our three man was still out there playing, and he had a, like a 25-foot putt or 
something like that. And it was straight downhill. And we oh, said, and these greens were lightning. It, lightning. It's one of the steepest putts on the course. Just so fast. And we say, hey, say, hey, Brady, this and we're already done too. We say, hey, Brady, this putt's slow or really fast. Or you just got to also thinking. Keep in mind, we've already played this hole. Yes. we've hit this same putt to the same pin location. Yeah, so we say, okay, hey, you just got to tap it, bud. You just got to tap it. And sure enough, he just tapped it. Well, how far did the ball roll? A foot and a half? Oh, I really don't think it did. I think I, it rolled I, six it, inches. It, it, it did not go anywhere. I mean, it, it, he hit it so softly that he barely made contact. This is a twenty-five footer. We, we, we told him hit we're, like, foot. we're like, dude, this is so fast. <laughs> if you get carried away here, I mean, you could roll this well past the hole. He's like, all right, fellas, I got you. I mean, it comes like six inches off the blade, and then he makes the next <laughs> he one. He made it for par. It's the greatest, oh. greatest two-putt I've ever seen. <laughs> greatest uh, two-putt I've ever we seen. Say, he said, hey, just hit it. You got to hit it soft, bud. You got to hit it soft. And and he didn't even get it a, a 25th of the way to the hole. Well, so. and, he, and he looks over after he hits it at us and cr- kind of shrugs. And me, you, and our coach are dying laughing. We're like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> We're like, yeah, it's our fault that you hit it a f- you know eight inches yeah, or whatever. You still got to have a little bit of feel, dear God. So it's... In all actuality, it's a good philosophy whenever you're dealing with someone. You say, oh, hit this 115% because when you say hit it hard or hit it soft, they go from 100 to either 1,000% or down to about 8%. And so it's it's a nice way to find a happy medium that I hadn't really thought about until just now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, man, that's good stuff. It makes me think, you know, my wife's been learning to play over the last couple of years. My girlfriend and, too, And Absolutely. one of the big things is when she first started playing, I would tell her all that stuff on putts. I'd say, okay, uphill into the wind here. You have to give this one a little extra. But now she's gotten to the point where she doesn't want me to tell her that because it she's good enough at putting now she has enough feel now I, I mean she's not you know Steve Stricker in his prime but she can putt a little bit and um, now she doesn't want me to give her any tips on speed because if I do then it's it going to be exactly what you said I'm going to tell her need to hit this one a little harder she's going to run it 10 feet by and then she's going to look at me like it's my fault <laughs> no, and, and it really was your fault Colby because you told her to hit it hard and she did and, and it didn't result in her favor but and that goes to show right there that you know we bring this kind of all circle to kind of all how of our podcasts and our philosophy and golf fits together right and we talk about Bryson and Bryson how he has this philosophy and he wants to hit it bombs and that's not how everyone needs to do it everyone needs to find out what works best for them and your wife has figured that out in a very young stage where she says hey I'm not the one that needs someone to tell me how hard to hit it I need to just see it and feel it and and just hit it right and it's like we made the the funny comparison of let's give uh, Bryson uh, DeChambeau, let's give him the information that Jim Woodward would get for a a shot and then let's give Woody the information that DeChambeau would get for each shot and let's see how they would play for 18 holes and I mean they're two contrast different styles of golf and and they still still would be great players. And you see Bernhard Langer goes out and beats DeChambeau. So, you know, go just goes back to all this full circle. Find out what works best for you and stick to it. Don't do what someone else does just because it looks good. If it doesn't work for you, don't do it. And just don't try to copy anyone. Try to do what is going to get you to shoot the lowest score possible. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the match, Friday. You, you got a winner? I mean, Chuck and Phil, Stephen Payton, the modified alternate shot. Makes it, I was joking around when we talked about it earlier that, you know, if Phil Bombs went down the middle, but they've got to hit over a hazard to get to the green, Phil might have Chuck get his putter out and just putt it like five yards to get him, you know, into a good patch of grass where he can just hit a wedge in there. Uh, it might not even let Chuck try to hit it over the hazard. So, I, I don't know. Who wins? I, you know, Kobe, you're a betting man. You got you got any odds on it? Oh man, I, I should have had him pulled up. What am I doing? This is uh, amateur. Here, here. I'll uh, I'll get I'll get into the the sidetrack while you get pulled up. See if there's any prop bets on there as well. Um, but you know, I I think if I had to go just off the top of my head, 
it's it's kind of like in in basketball. If you have the best player on the court, you generally have the best chance to win. So I'm going to go with the guy that's the pro. I, I would just say that I think that I think Phil will be able to carry Chuck enough in the in the format. If it was straight alternate shot, I would definitely pick um, Curry. I do and, not have any props here. You don't have any props. No, do, do you have the I straight odds at least? No, I don't even have the, the odds. Wow, man. Man, man. Let man, me just Vegas. Google the match three odds instead of looking for. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can give you the early odds probably. Wait, no, here's one from two hours ago. Let me pull up this one from two hours ago and see if they've got some uh, some odds here. So Steph and Peyton are minus 175 wow. favorites to win. Phil and Barkley are plus 138 as underdogs. That's as of a couple hours ago. So if you think, you know, best player gives you the best chance to win and you've got Phil, then you could get him at plus money. It's not a bad bet. That's really, I mean, one, minus 178, really. I mean, dang. Plus, plus 138 and then minus 175 for 175. Steph. 175. For Steph and Peyton. And so you, so you got to bet, bet $1.75 to win a dollar. Um, well, yeah, I think I think in I think I would bet Phil and yeah, I think I bet Phil and Chuck definitely and and I think that's something that could be pretty volatile. So if you if you see a line if you like Phil and Chuck you see a, a line that you like I think um, jump up on it because I think obviously I don't know where sharp money will come in but I, I would think that that would move more towards Phil and Chuck's favor as as time goes as as we get closer to the match just because it, it's a pro versus two guys who aren't. So coverage starts at three o'clock Eastern so that'll be two o'clock our time which means in Arizona. It'll be about noon, which, you know, sunset's about 5.30. So that'll give them... Wait, uh, they don't do... They like well, well, well they're, they're mountain time, I believe, aren't they? Uh, depends where you're at in Arizona. I think only far eastern Arizona is mountain time. Okay, so then, yeah. But, yeah, they don't do daylight savings, though. So, okay, so that's weird. So I don't know exactly what time it is, exactly what time it's going to be getting dark. Uh, there's too much confusing stuff going on there. Another reason Steph, why we just got to get rid of damn daylight savings. No doubt. No damn doubt. So, uh, also, Steph Curry tweeted out uh, yesterday a video of Chuck standing over the golf ball and not being able to pull the trigger, basically, because <laughs> he's got the yips. And Steph said they're going to have to put that 24-second shot clock on Chuck for this thing. He's going to be burning daylight out there and tag Phil in it. Uh, <laughs> hey, he, he, he may be. He may be. One, one thing is we know this about playing in all of our, you know, 6-6-6 six, six, six matches and that kind of thing. Once you get to alternate shot, you would think because it's a harder format, it takes longer, but it flies by so much faster than scramble or best ball does. Oh, my gosh. So Because, you're, I mean, you're really – you both tee off, and then you're basically playing a twosome in the rest of the way. Absolutely. And, and as opposed to scramble, you're each hitting the shot, best ball, each playing your own ball. And so anytime you – know, we know this, anyone at a country club playing a type term, you know, you play your first six holes – goes by sluggishly slow, then you just knock out the last six, even though you shoot more over par on those than you did in the first 12 holes, but you just get done with it that much faster. So I don't think daylight will be necessarily a problem, but like I said, I think if I'm a betting man, I think I would have to go with the pro in all honesty, especially at plus money. I know Chuck's a really bad player, but at the same time we saw at the the last match when he did the little charity thing to try to finish, he's at least stopped the 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 where he gets halfway down and, and can't, complete this follow-through yeah you know or can't or can't complete his downswing i'm curious fully fully fully. i'm curious to see chuck in competition golf he might get the hitch back my my point being is that i that the hitch back is chuck is a better player than he was 10 years ago 
Probably. That's probably, that's what I'm saying. Probably, and so, yeah. and, 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 or whenever he was prime, like I literally can't hit this ball. And he, he before about, he went to Haney on the Haney project. Yeah, and he about killed some, about killed people at the uh, at the Tahoe tournament. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, people would have to he literally would play in Tahoe, wouldn't he? he? He people would have to stand far enough. You couldn't stand at a ninety degree angle in front of him because you never knew where it was going, and it was horrible. So, but I, I would have to bet on the pro club, especially with plus money. I mean, you can. Are you going to take the other side on this? No, I'm not. I think the pro is the good bet. It's just you have such an advantage to have a pro on your side. And, and look, Phil hasn't been lighting it up everywhere, but we've seen him. He goes out on the Champions Tour. If he's not playing against tour guys, he still looks pretty damn good. And and also, too, we saw once they um, they had the alternate shot type format, Colby, and we saw it where Peyton hit that horrible shot. I can't remember if it was the par four. Hooked that horrible shot, iron shot, and then Tiger chipped him up there about three feet, and then Peyton just missed it. Yeah. So, I mean, Peyton may be under some pressure, too, and I think Steph will be able to handle it a little better than Peyton does, but... I just think that I think I think Barkley is closer to Peyton's level than Steph would be to Phil's level, if that makes sense. Yes, I, 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 I think especially the for the from Phil, obviously the gap from Phil to anybody is monumental. I mean, these are guys that play other sports. People don't understand how yeah. good tour pros no, are. No, it's a different level. It's and, a, and, and even then, even even at Phil's current tour level, um, is just a drastically different level than any good golfer. Even even Steph, who I think is a really, really good player, it's not close. And, and just just to put it into perspective, you know, I mean, people ragging on Phil. He goes on the Champions Tour, basically, or not on Champions Tour, goes on PGA Tour, finishes DFL all the time. But he goes on the Champions Tour where Bernard Langer, we're talking about him, shot 60, is 63 and made the cut the Masters. He's won his two Champions Tour events by a combined 10 shots or more. So, I mean, this is a guy who isn't just a great player. He's one of the best of all time. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'll am i be honest with you, Colby. If you're betting sites, you see Philip at more than plus 130, I might give you a call, and I might have to bet on it. Just, yeah, just might because, not be too bad of an yeah, idea. Yeah, that's crazy. Might not be too bad of an idea. So, that's this Friday. That ought to be a lot of fun. Then we'll have Mayakoba next week, and we'll make sure uh, to be back next week to preview that one for you. But then we're really looking forward to Tiger and Charlie playing in the PNC Championship. This is December 19th and 20th at the Ritz-Carlton Golf Club, Grand Lakes in Orlando, Florida. So, not having to travel too far for Charlie and Tiger just across the state. And, I mean, this is kind of going to be a little bit of Charlie's Hello World moment, if you will. You know, Tiger's kind of protected him from the spotlight. I think to this point, there was a video. That's what I was about to ask you. Yep, hitting range ball side by side a couple of weeks ago. Tiger had it taken down. And it's just, he's very much protected him from the spotlight because you want him to be able to be a kid. You want him to be able to grow up and, and enjoy being a kid. He's still only 11, so I was a little surprised to see that they're in the field. Uh, yeah, when but, they made the announcement, Kobe, what on a scale of one to ten, what was your shock level? Uh, my shock level was probably a seven. But then I think to myself, I'm like, you know, Charlie is so good at such a young age, and this will just be something fun for Tiger and Charlie to do. Also, I do think that you know, Tiger raising Charlie, I think he's doing it with the understanding that you know you want him to be able to have his childhood, but also he's not just a normal kid. He's Tiger Woods' son, and he's one of the best junior golfers in the country. And at some point, he is going to have to get used to playing in front of cameras and to playing as the guy that people want to be there watching. And what better place to do that than in a father-son tournament with Tiger by his side? So I think from that aspect, it makes a ton of sense that Charlie gets in front of the cameras for the first time with Tiger right there by his side. I think that that makes a ton of sense. And I... I just I think it'll be fun, and I hope he he goes out and plays well. And uh, I mean, you know, he's he's a cute kid. He's a great golfer. I think it's just gonna be a lot of fun. I, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I would say 
my shock level, I was probably close to a nine, in all honesty. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. One, you mentioned it. He There was the video that went around of Tiger and Charlie hitting balls side by side. Their swing was almost simultaneous. Really, really cute video, in all honesty, especially after the memorable 2019 embracement that they had with each other. Really special. But you notice, because it was kind of funny, Colby, you sent me the, the link to the video, and I tried to click on it, and the link's not there. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Do you not know how to send a, a, a link? I mean, it's 20, you know, 2020 here, bro, and you know, you're know you slightly technological illiterate you've done it before i'm like what's going on here and so you click on it, and you're like oh man they had it taken down and then we see a tweet that says that the original post was taken down and so we connect the dots and we say oh well tiger probably wasn't happy about because the- they were hitting balls at medalist yeah and apparently the video came from someone who is in like joaquin neiman's camp was out there and and took it and posted it. And then of course it started making the rounds, but then Tiger told them to take it down. And then someone who had reposted it, took it down and then it was gone. See that, that that's why, that's why it shocked me so much for two reasons. One is that Tiger, we have a hard enough time getting Tiger to play any tournaments. So the fact that he commits to anything that he has never played before is shocking. And then for the fact of you have the video that comes out and you, you felt like he was trying to protect Charlie in a sense where he didn't want him to get the overexposure, the stardom, that kind of thing. And then less than two weeks later, all of a sudden they sign up for this. That's that's what was surprising to me, Colby. And I mean, we can we can pull it up right here. Look at some of the guys that are playing. John Daly and his son. John Daly's son's a really good uh, player. John Daly's son is a stick. I, that could be fun. That's going to be a good one. You mentioned um, Justin Thomas and his dad, who's a tour. Um, VJ and his son are playing. Gary Player and his son. Grandson are playing, I'm sorry. Bernhard Langer and his son, who won it last year, are playing. Matt um, Kuchar and his two son years ago. are playing. I wonder Matt- if they'll have local caddies or if they're bringing their own. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Such a bad joke. Gosh dang it. Uh, Tom Lehman and Greg Norman and his son hey, are playing. Real quick, how old is Bernard Longer's son? <laughs> That's a really be, good. I have a good question. He's got to be mid thirties, forty maybe, depending on how old Longer was when oh, he had him. Longer and I mean, so, Longer's sixty three. So, so if he was thirty three, his son would be thirty. So I mean, you're gonna have Longer and his son out there, and his son's gonna be thirty years older than Tiger's son. That's the, and that was one thing we were asking when we first got this, Kobe. And maybe if we looked a little more into it, we could. I just didn't see it. I, is ten? Uh, Charlie's ten, right? Uh, Charlie's 11. 11. Is 11-year-old Charlie going to be playing from the same tees as John Daly's son, who's who's a stick, and some of these older guys who are, I mean, like I said, it's such a big difference between a, a even a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old hitting the golf ball. So I think that would be something really interesting to look at. Marco Mir and his son are playing. I know that uh, Tiger and Mark are really good friends, or at least they, they used to be, and I'm sure they still are. Lee Trevino and his son are playing, so that's another old one, Colby, who you think the son that would be um, fairly older. Tom, yeah, like we already mentioned Tom Lehman. I mean, this is uh, Mark Kalkovecki and his son, so there's another kind of older guy. I mean, I mean, yeah, um, Annika Sornstam and her father are playing. That's fairly interesting. Uh, yeah, okay, so I'm seeing here it's a scramble format. So it says here on each hole, each player drives in the best drive selected. Each player then plays a second shot from the spot where the selected drive lies and the best second shot is selected. This process is repeated until the hole is completed. So it's a scramble, basically. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. I'm trying to see here if we... um, I'm trying to see here if we can figure out whether he's going to play from the same tees. Also, I guess Tiger recently said that he's been teaching Charlie to play with blade clubs so that he gets the feel of hitting the ball right instead of relying on the forgiveness of cavity back. No, that's <laughs> that's so great. That's awesome. Well, I remember funny side story before we get more into this, Colby. My my first set of clubs were a were a set of Titleist blades. My uh, my grandpa had cut them down for me when I was like four or five years old, and so I, I you, you want to talk about start you know if you want to start your kid right, just give them a butter knife as their first club, and if they can't hit that, they can't hit anything. 
Or or, or it's opposite. It's it's kind of like the if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if you if you can hit a tideless blade, you can hit you you, you can hit any um, any club they make. Maybe that's why I've always been so average because I've always just gotten the most forgiving club and let it rip. <laughs> and that, that might be why you had to use the hybrid punch for so long of your career club. But you're not at that stage anymore. Uh, no, no, not at that stage at all. Although I still don't play blades. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you don't need also, to. Also. If you're not good enough to play blades, don't play blades. Well, don't, don't be the guy who wants to play blades because you think it's cool and you think it makes you look like a better player to play blades. I there's, I'm in a big group text with guys out the greens, and we've got one or two guys who play blades and are hovering around like a ten handicap. And I'm like, what? Why? You the, don't look cool whenever you're shooting 88 with your blades, and I'm shooting 76 with my cavities. Well, two things. One is that. You know, if the the fact of looking cool is just r- really idiotic, and and so you just got to do what's best for your game. But also, look in the bags of of PJ Tour players currently. There's not very many of them use straight blades, especially down to the if they do, it's on their shorter clubs. And the whole premise of a blade is is essentially to work the ball better because if you have cavity back, the ball just and to control your distance. Because if you have cavity backs, like for me, I can hit a, I could hit one one I get a seven iron 170 yards, I get hit 190 yards. It just depends on what kind of lie you get and it just flies. So it's more for distance control and also for workability. But if you're someone who's just trying to get the ball up in the air and hit it far, there's no earthly reason you should hit blades, especially on anything longer than a than a six or seven iron. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to PNC. Uh, give me a winner, Taylor. Pick me a, a father-son or a father-daughter duo who could win this thing. Annika Sorenstam and her father in the field as well. Yes, I. You know, I was looking at the list, and and I mean, we have Justin Thomas and uh, and his dad. That that's got to be an interesting period. Yeah, uh, keep in mind, it's a scramble too. I know. So. Well, well, and and you and me know from playing in scrambles. I mean, you just got to get a little nickel and diamond going on, and all of a sudden, you know, doesn't even have to be the best two players. That all that, Tigers got to do is get Charlie inside of about 120, and Charlie's gonna stuff it. You think so? No. You don't. No, I, I, no, I, think, I think Charlie's what, a great junior player, but he's eleven. What, what, I mean, you, what are your expectations from Charlie out of this? I mean, what, I, what, what do you expect to see? A few, a few good shots throughout the day. I think he'll hit a couple that make us go, "Wow!" I mean, he does have a really, really beautiful golf swing. But I mean, they'll likely be taking most of Tiger's drives unless he hits it out of play. I mean, Tiger's still one of the best players in the world. Um, I, Charlie's eleven years old. You know, if he gets inside a hundred yards and Charlie sticks one in there at five feet, it's going to be awesome. But do I expect him to stand up there and fire at every flag all day? No. But you know, he's eleven. Just have fun. I, I don't expect as much from him as I do. Like to me, my two top duos would be Justin Thomas and his father. His father's a longtime PGA pro, and I'm sure can still knock it around really well. Uh, and then second would be John Daly and his. Son. I was going to say that I'm worried a little bit about Daly's game at the moment. I mean, I mean, I know he's been playing around but it seems like he's kind of getting into the post golf career you yes. know where he's trying to yeah. do all of his other stuff so they're be hitting bombs though both of them because because little john can hit bombs you know what i'm going with the, i'm going with the defending champion i'm going with the langers you're going with the langers i'm going with the langers okay i'm going with the langers after what i just saw from my man bernhard back there you gotta think about first scramble colby what more do you want bernhard he's gonna hit the fairway every time you're going to hit a good approach shot. If for any reason you miss the green, you're definitely getting it up and down. So, and get him on the green. He can make a putt with that ugly putting stroke where he doesn't put it in his chest ever, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, Bernhard's like the perfect scramble partner. So, I, I'm going with that. I can't remember what his son plays. I, 
I, Tiger's going to be the main reason I watch this tournament. I can't tell you the last. I mean, obviously, I'd watch a few holes here and there, but it's, you know. Well, you, you see the highlights, but, like, yeah. we're going to be tuning in to watch Tiger and Charlie. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we're not usually used to fall golf, so normally when football's on, we it's kind of second fiddle in a sense, especially when it's father-son, and we right. haven't had Tiger playing in, in before, and so. But, but, but got, even if now. We, if we've got an NFL game coming down the stretch, and we've got Tiger and Charlie in the hunt. There's, there's no doubt what I'm we're tuning into. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, PNC's gonna be sorry on NFL. Yeah, sorry NFL. Yeah, I no. mean I know you're the biggest draw to most people, but not to Tiger fanatics. The the two biggest storylines I think we'll take away from the PNC whenever it comes up is one how good of a swing Charlie has. I, th- I think he'll make a long putt here or there, and that'll kind of be. But I think his good swing will be there, and two will be the ratings increase that tournament has gotten from the past years until this year. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, all right, so you're going with Bernhard Longer and his son. I think I'm gonna go with JT and his dad. Because I think his dad is a little bit older, probably has lost some club head speed. He can just finesse them down the middle. JT can step we, up and we hit also, bombs. We also have a couple weeks to. I mean, this this tournament isn't until December. No, we're right? locking so, in predictions today. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're just stamping it on. Boom. We're so, locking in predictions yeah. today. If if basically, you know, it's kind of like our one and done pool. If Bernhard withdraws between now and then because he's old, I sorry. Yeah. Kind of, like, uh, kind of what happened to Fee now whenever he got COVID. Kind of what happened to Fee now. Yeah. yeah. When he withdrew two hours after we did our show. Yeah. And if yeah. it would have been close enough to matter, we would have gone back and, you know, redone the map. I, I, I don't think, think you would have had Streb this week. I, so. I think, you know, I, I would have had Streb. I definitely Streb was the guy you would have definitely would, You would have had a missed cut. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to um, we're going to recount the votes, per se. All right. Just quickly before we get out of here, uh, DJ almost switched to a 47-inch shaft before the drivers he actually before the masters he actually played with a 47 inch driver shaft in his practice round on tuesday he was gaining about 10 yards he had his ball speed up to about 193 but he thought it made him lose his feel with his other clubs so he played with it tuesday in his practice round ended up using his standard 45 and three quarter inch shaft uh for the masters which obviously was a good decision since he's had a bunch of records and ran away from the field but it's just interesting to see that you know even dj he tinkered with it. He thought about it. I, I think this is something a lot of guys are going to consider and just see how it feels to them. Well, and I say this to anyone. If you if you don't explore all of your options, no matter if it's golf, work, life in general, whatever, you're doing yourself a disservice. So you might as well give it a shot. I mean, like, what's the worst thing you can do is no one's putting a gun to DJ's head and saying, hey, you have to use this 47-inch driver. I'm, th- there are situations to where, for example, if you're on a club contract, you have to have so many amount of clubs in your bag, like, like the infamous when Tiger switched to the Nike putter. Like, uh, there's a reason he went to the Nike putter. Yeah, I mean, it's not because he thought it felt better. I mean, let's just be honest here. So, there are certain situations like that. But at the end of the day, you know, these guys got to try it out and see if it works. But DJ did the right thing. He found out it didn't work. And he went to what he used and won by five shots. And to be honest with you, I think that's what Bryson should have done. He won the U.S. Open by six shots. He's, I mean, you can tinker a little bit. But at some point, you have to realize what works for you is is good. Well, well, at some point, for me, like with Bryson, you're on top of the golfing world. You're playing better than anybody on the planet. You are the best golfer in the world right now today. All right, well, let's go Let's go tinker with it. Well, at, at the same time, we say that and just play devil's advocate. Tiger, Tiger did change his swing after he won Augusta by 12. Yeah, Tiger's you know, different. I know. Tiger's I know. different. It's 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 just one. It's it's like a it's like a trick playing football. If it works, it was the best play ever. If it didn't, it was the stupidest play ever. Yeah, you know exactly. So. so, all right, it's been a fun 2020 golf season. We still got Maya Coba next week, so we'll be back next week. We'll talk about whatever happened in the match this Friday. We'll also preview Maya Coba. We'll give you all our DraftKings, our best bets, same thing we always do uh, for traditional tour events. Then we'll have a couple more episodes to close out the year. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun 2020. So uh, come back with us next week. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Safe travel. 
travels. Be safe around family, uh, and everybody take care of yourselves. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the 73rd Hole.